I heard Beth say this one time, and it just resounded with me. She said, critics don't want you to change. They want you to quit. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Well, welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can, should, grow 100% of the time. Actually, sometimes we experience seasons of non-growth. I'm mixing and up the And that's okay, intro. too. It, well, you know what? It's sometimes, sometimes the vine has to be pruned so it can Ooh. be more fruitful. Right? How long was that before we got a biblical reference? Bam. A couple seconds. I know. And Every, we're done. Well, Bye. Is, no, I mean, some people are like, I was listening to your podcast, and I didn't get a lot of the word. And I'm like, well, first of all, if you got a copy of the Bible, then it's not my fault that you didn't get enough of the word. Ooh. But I, but I do believe, I, I love the Bible. You, you just know? got it in the first couple seconds, bro. I, I You're love welcome. The Bible. Anyway, how are you doing, Logan? I'm good, Perry. How are you? I am doing so Awesome. Um, Second Chance is close to actually getting in our building. It is. Uh, and you are you and Carly are having fun picking out the decorations. I'm having a blast. You have and no idea. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do a podcast one day on how to launch a physical campus from a digital campus. Uh, and the reason we haven't done one yet is because we still don't know what we're doing. We don't know. We're, we're, we are figuring it out as so we, true. it's called making it up. Making it up. Just so we got to do a quick recap because this is like so far a two-part series, going to be three, maybe four. Or five. Or yeah, five. I mean, this is a good topic. We're, we're talking about confidence killers. Yep. And last week you talked about pressures and the unexpected. Mm-hmm. So the last podcast has all that information if you're interested. But this week we got to start with that third confidence killer. Confidence killer number three and... I hope I take a breath now because I might not take a breath for the next 10 minutes because it's something that there's not a leader on the planet that hasn't dealt with confidence killer number three, which is people. People can, people can, um, people can either build you up or tear you down. They can flatter you. Or they can like flog you. Ooh, that was good, Logan. Thanks. I had a I had a guy tell me one time, be careful with the opinions of people because those that deify will crucify. Ooh. At the Ooh. beginning of the week, at the beginning of the week, they said, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And by the end of the week, they were saying, Crucify him, crucify him. So if they did it to Jesus. There's no reason that we can believe we can escape. Because can you imagine this, Logan? Can you imagine the ministry of Jesus, like if he came today, and what social media would have done to Jesus? I mean, it it wouldn't have taken three years. You're talking about trolls. It wouldn't have taken three years to kill him. They would have got him in three months. I mean, it, it because social media chain has changed the world. I would argue, I would argue for the most part, it for the good. I believe it's given people a voice. I believe it's given people more access. I believe um, the, the truth. Connection. The connection, yeah. I, I love it. But one of the things that we've got to learn about communication 
is that communication is four things. It's instant. And I can put something on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, and instantly it's communicated. I don't, it doesn't have to go through 17 different filters. It, it's instant. Um, number two, it's global, meaning somebody in um, easily can read it and somebody in South Korea can read it at just about the same time. Which not is, north, but south. Yeah, yeah. Not north. We don't, I mean, you know, if they Should read. Should we even say that? Are they listening now? I, I doubt it. Uh, they might be. I, I don't know. know. If they are, y'all. Hey. Yeah, right. Um, number three, it's constant. So communication's constant. So where, you know, 50, 75 years ago, communication was you, you got the news and you got the newspaper. Today, it's we're just, I mean, it's I, I've got all notifications turned off on my phone simply because if I had my notifications turned on, my phone would literally blow up and or melt. And so it's it's constant. And then thir- number four, it's permanent. Once you've put it on the internet, even if you go back and take it down, quote unquote, it's out there somewhere. Screenshots, man. So, so it's out there. So because communication is those four, are those four things. Um, well, I'll say it this way: I had a guy even recently reach out to me. Um, super nice dude, I guess. I don't know, and he let me know that I had the wrong opinion about critics. And he said, you need to learn from your critics. He said, I, I don't know about you, but I learned from my critics. <laughs> I looked at his following, and I'm like, um, you, you, you've got 100 followers. Your you mother-in-law <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah, you, you don't have any critics. Um, but I, I understand the old adage, and I heard this for years growing up, cr- treat criticism like chewing gum. Um, chew on it, and then when you're done with it, spit it out. And that made sense back in the 1950s and 60s when a critic had to sit down with a pen and a piece of paper, write a letter to the editor of the newspaper, actually sign his name rather than being Bible Boy 1418. Um, It was printed in the paper. The community would talk about it for two to three days, and then it was forgotten. But today, because... Communication is instant, global, constant, and permanent. Hey, bottom line, nobody can chew that much freaking gum. So at the end, so so for me, for me, it hit it hit me one day hanging out with Coach Dabo Sweeney, who is the head coach of God's favorite team, the Clemson Tigers. And I was I I've watched him coach now for about ten years. I've had the privilege of kind of seeing him up up close, being in a couple team meetings, standing on the sideline, and the way he coaches. And one day it just hit me. I went – I literally wrote this down one day. Um, This is actually in my book, The Most Excellent Way to Lead, that we should learn from our coaches, not our critics. We should should have coaches. We have to have people speaking into our lives. We can't be the person that says, I'm not listening to anybody. Because if you listen to no one, you're – you're useless. I mean, we all need the help of others. We talked about that in the last po- podcast. But um, there's a there are about seven differences between coaches and critics. And I wish somebody would have sat me down about 20 years ago and taught me this because it would have significantly changed the way I led. And um, it probably would have saved me with a pretty severe 
bout of depression and anxiety. Well, let's do and, it. Let's change a leader's life. I'm pumped right now. Okay, let's well, start with number one. Number one. Okay, so so here we go. A coach has a relationship with you. A critic barely knows you at all. I'll say it again. A coach has a relationship with you. A critic barely knows you at all. Um, I, I'll, I'll say it another way. It is the epitome of arrogance to speak into a situation where you do not know the entire story. Tweet it. Um, it no, it really is. Like, for example. That's a great quote. Um, every once in a while, the, a football team on the field will run a play. And the fans in the stands will be like, that was the dumbest play. Why did we run that play? I don't understand why we ran that play. But the coaches saw something that nobody else in the stands could see because they've had a beer 12 and they're not really paying attention. But the coach, um, the coach is paying attention. And a coach has a relationship with you. We, we get in so much trouble when we allow those people who know us the least to define us the most to define us the most because at the end of the day coaches desire correction not condemnation so if somebody's coming at you to condemn you that's not a coach that's a critic because correction can build confidence condemnation will destroy it so that's number one number two a coach always assumes the best a critic always assumes the worst. So true. It is. So one of the things I've learned through watching Dabo is he'll look at his players and he will coach them in a way that gets the best out of them. I've watched Dabo. Um, when I've seen other people go, you need to give up on that guy. You need to give up on that guy. And Dabo go, no, there's something special about him. There's something special about him. And keep pushing that guy um, until he's the best he can be at that position. And it's because he believes in him um, and, and assume the best. It, it, it's a critic, though, as soon as they see someone do something, they'll assume the worst. And the problem is when we start listening to people who believe the absolute worst about us, we start reacting. And when we start reacting, we stop leading. There's a difference between reaction and leadership. And at the end of the day, listen, I've heard the phrase defense wins championships, but offense is what puts the score on the board. And I think that's what we're called to play as leaders is offense. I'm learning so much about football right now. I know. Aren't you glad? We got to bring that college football show back. No, soon. we definitely okay. do not. Okay, never mind. Bad idea. Number three, a coach corrects out of love, a critic corrects out of pride. Um, I remember watching. Clemson marched down the field for a game-winning field goal, um, like two minutes left on the clock, 38-yard uh, field goal, field goal kicker goes out and, and just shanked it. I mean, the ball almost went sideways. It was like the worst kick ever in the history of the world. And the kicker comes back over to the sideline. Now, I'm sitting there thinking, if I'm the kicker, I want God to take my life in that moment. But I watched because um, in that particular day, I was watching on television, uh, Dabo put his arm around the kicker and just kind of encouraged him. And, uh, and, and the announcers were all like, what? I wonder what Coach Sweeney said to the kicker. Da, 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 da. Well, the, so the defense comes in. They stop them. They get the ball back. They march down the field. There's two seconds left on the clock, and they're in position for a field goal. 
And all of a sudden, Dabo is standing on the sideline with his kicker again. He's got his arm around him. He goes out there. The kicker makes the field goal. Clemson wins the game. So it was killing me. So the next uh, time I saw Coach Sweeney, I said, okay, dude, I got to know what you said to the kicker. And, you know, but after he missed the kick and he said, I just told him it was going to be okay or whatever. And I said, what would you say to him? Um, before he went out to kick it the the second time, and he said he said, "Listen, you can we can win it now, or we can win it in overtime. It doesn't matter whether you make this kick or not. I love you." Oh, that's a great story. And I'm like, that is so. But it just proves that Dabo that that kicker would listen to Dabo forever because he knew that Dabo had his best interest in mind. Uh, the problem with a critic is a critic doesn't want to see you become a better person. A critic just wants to be the person that sets you straight. They they want to be the, oh, I talked to so-and-so, man. They really set me straight. I got them on the right path. I got them on the right. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's number three. Number four, a coach has earned respect. A critic has not. Um, Listen, great players on the football field never walk past their coaches and into the stands and listen to the loudest guy because he plays Madden and he knows football plays better than the coaches. I mean, but we'll do that a lot of times on social media. We'll listen to the loudest person rather than the person. That's, I, I always tell people the best people to learn from are people who have actually done what you're trying to do. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna learn how to mountain bike. I want to read a book from a guy or a girl who's actually mountain biked before. If they can't ride a bike, why would I read a it's it's crazy. If I wanted to start a company, why would I listen to somebody who had never actually started a business theorize on what they think? I it's it's the same thing when it comes to dealing with critics. At the end of the day, a a, a coach earns respect. A coach has earned the right to speak into you, but a crit- just as a leader, opinions should be weighed, not counted. Ooh. I forgot who told me that. It just popped oh, in my mind. I thought that was you. I was like, no, man, I wish that it, was I'm not good. that smart. Opinions should be weighed, not counted. Um, there are certain people that if they if they call me and say, "Hey, that was stupid," I'm going to listen to them because I. They've earned that respect for me. And there's other people, they can tweet that was stupid, and I just block them because they're stupid. Anyway, I probably shouldn't have said that. That was critical. Number um, number five, a coach will handle things privately. A critic always goes public. That is huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if a football player makes – okay, let's let's go away from uh, – No, Dabo we got to stay. You got all the way to five. No, no, no. I'm just saying let's let's say Nick Saban. Nick Saban, oh, the coach for Alabama. Yeah, yeah, we're still in football. Um, he is – he's quite outspoken. Um, he, he gets a little angry on the sideline. Um, all coaches do, but I'll just, I'll just talk about Coach Saban because he's, he's a little bit more um, expressive sometimes. Let's say that. Than, than Coach Sweeney. However, one of the things that you'll see him do is if he's got a problem with the player, he goes to the player and he talks to the player or yells at the player or screams at the player, whatever. He doesn't walk off the sideline, go up to the PA system and announce 
what the player did wrong and what he needs to do right in front of the entire stadium. That would be that, – that would be one of the worst things in the world for a coach to do. Yet that's what a lot of critics do. They'll go so public in their criticism of others and they'll go, well, that's the only way I could get their attention. Well, maybe – Maybe you shouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. Just a just a thought because because I've always respected the people who said, "Hey, listen, I need to talk to you about something," and it was private. It was one on one. It was a phone call. It was an in person meeting instead of the people that bombard you on social media. I'm telling you, one of the best. Features that you have on every one of your social media accounts is the block feature. Tell them no. Tell them no. Just like a high school girl would shut down a middle school guy. Anyway, there we go. Numbers, number six, number six. Um, oh, let me say this. Let me say this. Let me back up. The reason a critic always goes public is because they want attention. They, they want attention. They, they want somebody, hey, look at me. I'm big and bad. I'm trying to pick a fight with somebody else. Anyway, number six, a coach will love you through a disagreement. A critic will hate you no matter what. Um, I remember listening to Beth Moore say oh, this. Yes. One of the best preachers ever. And, and, and yes, I said preachers. I didn't say teachers. I said preachers because women can preach. And the reason a lot of women, or a lot, the reason a lot of men don't like Beth being a preacher is because Beth can preach them under the table. And so can Christine Kane. And so can Joyce Meyer. Yes, so yes, yes. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, boys. Anyway, Boom. um,. <laughs> I heard Beth say this one time, and it just resounded with me. She said, critics don't want you to change. They want you to quit. Wow. And I remember thinking that's one of the most profound things. I've ever, because I remember one time um, somebody was hypercritical of me back in the early days of blogging. And I engaged them because I thought, oh, wow, if I could just talk with this person, I could change their mind. And they, they just, they came after me. They, it was, it was unbelievable how they didn't actually want to engage in conversation. They just wanted me to quit ministry. Like they said, oh, he was like, you should quit being a pastor. I'm like, you should quit. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tell you what I said. We, we disagreed strongly. Um, But here's the deal. Even if you agree with a critic, um, usually out of guilt or just to make them go away, they'll keep coming at you because they don't want you to change. They, they want, feed off of They them. want you to quit. They want you to quit. Yeah. They want you to quit. And number seven, a coach should be listened to. A critic should be ignored. Because here, at the end of the day, we cannot control what other people are saying, but we can control how much access we give them. Bro, I'm in like information overload right now. That was that's one of my favorite things to teach on right there. That's one of my favorite things. I love the football illustrations. Thank you. So here's an interesting question: Have you found yourself playing the role of the critic? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So when I first became a Christian, uh, the I went from hellion uh, to like self-righteous Pharisee in like six months. So I was hypercritical of um, just about 
anybody that did not have my exact point of view, whether it was political, biblical, moral. Um, I really, really had a lot. I mean, I would go after people. I remember arguing with people in college. Logan, I'm so thankful that social media did not exist when I was in college. Um, in fact, Logan, the internet did not even exist when I was in college. Not to the commoner. Um, we didn't even, and it's, uh, you know what? That's just God's mercy on my life because I, I mean, you think I've said and done some stupid things now. I mean, good gosh. The way I was in college, that was just God's hand of mercy um, and protection. But yeah, I've been, I've been critical of people and I've learned um, until you know the whole story, just keep your mouth shut. And in fact, we've had some stuff happen in the world and even in, in Christian world in the past six to 12 months that a lot of people have been very public and vocal about. I'm not even going to bring up the issues, um, but I've had people reach out to me going, hey, man, because of what you've gone through, you probably need to speak up on this issue. And I'm like, I'm not going to speak up on the issue because I don't know the story. Right. I don't I don't know any part of the story. And so you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna pray for that person, keep my mouth shut, and and because I've I've learned the hard way, um it oh let me just let me just say this. As a leader, if you're gonna call the shots, you're gonna have to take the shots. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's just part of the territory and critics can kill your confidence, which is why um, we gotta we gotta ignore them. That's right. We we that wraps it up for today. We y'all. did. We took a lot of time on this on this particular episode. And we still got more. We do. We've got four more confidence killers. And um, if if you like this, if you like this podcast, just go um, just go ahead and subscribe so it'll be right there and ready for you as soon as we release it. Um, or leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think, unless you're a critic. Um, no, I mean, we've got some... <laughs> we can block you, don't <laughs> worry. I, I don't, can you? Can you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I'll and figure it you out. You know what? It doesn't bother me. If you, get, if you don't like the podcast, you know what? You're probably not the only person in the world. Sometimes I don't like the podcast either. It, well, I always I like Logan. I always like the I like podcast. Logan's part because oh, your Meemaw listens to it or whatever. Yeah, my Nana. Hey, Nana. Nana. Hey, Nana. All right. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week for the Confidence Killer number four and five. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.